V1 Church. This is Pastor Mike Signorelli, the co-lead pastor, and we're going to do something very special this week, okay? It's not going to be business as usual. I had an opportunity to sit down with my lovely wife, Pastor Julie, and we answered some of the questions that are the culmination of the last 10 years of pastoral ministry, and I believe that no matter what stage of life you're in, whether it's single, married, divorce, there's something here that is going to change your life. So go ahead, lean in, take notes, and take a listen. <laughs> this series has been riveting to say the least, but you are here in the grand finale and you know we saved the best for last. So here's the thing, over the last 10 years plus of pastoral ministry, we've encountered a lot of the same questions over and over again. Mm -hmm. So we are like, you know what, let's sit down together and let's answer and teach through scripture and show you God's heart concerning some of the questions that we've gotten over and over and over again. Yeah. So here's the thing, here's what I'm asking. I know you've got wisdom. I know you've been through life. Some of you have been married longer than we have. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. It's not always about being right, but it is about being wide when you talk about relationships. What does that mean? It means broaden your perspective and see another way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to ask you today as we go on this journey together through these questions to don't, don't just focus on whether or not you're right in the relationship, but are you thinking wide? And the other thing too is that whether you're married, whether you're single, or whether you're divorced, there's some pain in each one of those situations. And we wanna to specifically touch on that pain and delve into some of that today. And we believe that God has got some healing for you. Amen, amen, we believe that. And so we just wanna encourage you, open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your spirit, and just receive whatever pain point you have in this talk for the next 25 minutes. Um, we hope that you get free today. That's our goal. That is yeah. our main mission. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so good. Okay, so I'm gonna kick it off because this question came in and it's one that we heard a couple of times. So, and selfishly, I'm gonna ask it first. The question is for Pastor Julie, my wife, is, um, how did you know that I was the one? How did you know? Because people are out there struggling, like, how do I know they're the one? You know I, I mean, look at that face. Why wouldn't you be the one? <laughs> oh, no. please. I'll take this. <laughs> no, so I mean, I'll be, I'll be real. I'll be honest and transparent with you guys. Um, I don't know that I buy the one mentality. I feel like that's something that Disney has sold us. That's something movies and Hollywood has sold us. And um, when I see, think about the one, I really think about, you know, marriage is the metaphor, uh, Jesus is the metaphor for marriage, right? And you see Jesus on a cross who's choosing us in our imperfection um, over and over and over again before we fully committed to us, even before we fully committed to him. And so I think when I think about our relationship, as much as I wanna, wanna think that the Chuck Taylors and the belt buckle and the white t-shirt and the emo music like was what sold me, which it did, <laughs> you were hot. Thank you, Chris Carabo from Dashboard <laughs> you are. So there were sparks in chemistry and all that, but truly I feel like we chose each other. Yeah. And even after tragedy and kids and craziness and lack and, and having more than enough to not enough. It's like, 
God has, we just choose each other over and over and over. Yeah. And Here's, so that's what I'm, that's, that's how I knew. Yeah. I think such a like teachable moment for you if you are single or maybe if you're married, we hear all the time, I just chose the wrong person. You yeah. know, we hear that all the time. But here's the thing when you, sometimes we can get so spiritual with this decision. Well, God told me or God showed me you're the one. Well, the problem with that is when your relationship doesn't work out, you can also then blame God. Yeah. See, God, this was your fault. Mm -hmm. But if you have the posture that, like, no, actually, I chose Julie and she chose me and we're going to cho choose each other every single day that changes things yeah. you know recently uh i was i'm starting this like fitness journey and restarting it and starting it again or whatever but i had posted a picture at me in the gym and it said uh i'm doing fasted cardio and for those of you who don't know what that means i, I it doesn't mean you're fasting from cardio oh i'm not, on that yeah I'm jules is on that program right now <laughs> fasted cardio is like you wake up in the morning and you do cardio before you eat or anything else. Well, what happened was when I posted that picture, my DMs filled up with all these messages from people who follow my account, who have fitness accounts. And I had never heard from these people in my life. I didn't know they followed me, didn't even know they existed. But what happened was when my values and the way I did life started to align with theirs, it attracted us to each other. Like they were like, oh, fasted cardio, I do that too. So here's something for this first question. Here's some wisdom for those of you who are looking for a mate. You attract to yourself someone with similar values and similar character. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what happened with yeah, us. It's true. And especially, you know, I, all the time now I primarily talk to women. So that's what I know, you know, being, I'm a girl. So there's mm -hmm. that. And uh, a lot of times, you know, they'll say, they, they're so excited about a new relationship, but they're, they're the person they're dating doesn't want to come to church or won't go to church. And my answer is what they do when they're dating, you're going to have a harder time when they're married. So like Michael said, Pastor Mike said, you know, you got to build up whatever your values are. Don't, um, don't like regress from that. Like hold strong. You're going to attract, if you love God, you're going to attract somebody who loves the Lord. You mm -hmm. know, if you're committed to church, then you need to look for somebody who's committed to church, who goes even when you don't go. Yeah. You know? That's so, so good. You <laughs> attract who you are, not just what you want. Right. So in the same way, if you if you are just going into a relationship to get your needs met, well, ironically, you are going to attract a whole bunch of people who are just in it to get their needs met. And that's a cycle yeah. that you can break. And so we kind of learned that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, so, let's keep it yeah, going. Yeah, let's keep it going. So um, question for you. Uh-oh. Uh, don't worry. It's, it's not crazy. What would you say to someone struggling with the loneliness of singleness? Yeah, you know, there's you're probably sitting in your seat right now. You're probably watching this right now thinking that same thing like, oh, it's so cute that they're sitting next to each other and laughing and giggling and whatever. But we were both single at certain points in our life and we were both lonely. But I want to just just tell you, just kind of remove the mystery, how you deal with the loneliness of singleness is how you deal with the loneliness of being married. Yeah. Sometimes I've, I've heard people say that you know, when they're referencing, they're, when they're single, they get married, there's nothing more lonely than being married and being alone. And so that loneliness, if that, that's most of the time a root issue. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter if you're single or married, you can take that loneliness right into a committed relationship. Yeah. And so it's always important 
to deal with that root? Why, how do people deal with that? Well, I'll how tell you this, like two halves don't make a whole. The way to have a relationship where you feel whole is you come in 100% and they come in 100%. Two whole people make a whole marriage, not two half people, you know, and so that's a lot of why we do premarital counseling. That's why we come to church every single Sunday so that we can engage with God the Father and have such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that in those seasons where man misunderstands you, when your wife misunderstands you, you can say, but there's always one who still does. And I I wanted to say this for those of you who are single and you're struggling with the loneliness of singleness this is a wisdom key you can write down in your notes today if the devil cannot get in front of you and stop you he will get behind you and push you too fast yeah i'll say that again if the devil Write can't get, if, if this, <laughs> the devil, he will try to get in front of you and stop you. If you can't, he'll get behind you and push you too yeah. fast. And so your biological clock is not the same as the clock that the Lord has for you. That's right. Like you've got to, you've got to ask yourself like, God, I'm submitted and surrendered to your plan. I'm not going to let the devil get behind me and push mm -hmm. me too fast and destroy me that way. Either. And a lot of times loneliness will help, uh, will, will actually hurt. They, it'll make us think that certain values become not as important as mm -hmm. they were when we were not lonely. And so we, we see people all the time who will compromise certain things that are really important values, but because of that loneliness, like the enemy will just push them through skipping steps of a process, skipping premarital counseling, skipping, you know, addressing those values and those root issues to not feel lonely anymore. Then they get married and they're lonely. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you got to deal with the root cause first. Yeah. Let me read to you guys, John chapter 14, verse 25 through 27, because you know, the disciples were with Jesus. He was physically walking the earth with them, teaching them, correcting them, comforting them. And then he said like, okay, it's time for me to physically withdraw my presence. And he knew that there, there, there was this opportunity for loneliness. And he said this, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you, the friend, and this is like a key here, the friend. If you're lonely, you feel often that you need a friend. And he says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things that I've told you. I'm leaving you well and I'm leaving you whole. Why? Because I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And so I think that if you're single right now and struggling with loneliness, you need the Holy Spirit. The same one that Jesus said, he's like, I'm gonna leave physically, but my spirit is going to come and dwell inside of you. And then, then you will be whole. It says, this is my parting gift to you. And so I know a lot of times in relationship, you're like, man, this is my snack. This is my my gift and she is my gift but I believe that the first gift that you need to receive is the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you through the finished work of the cross yeah. once you've received that gift now you're ready for this gift okay mm -hmm. it's Jesus unlimited yeah it's Jesus without boundaries in your life living inside of you helping you accomplish the plans and purposes that, that God has so destined good. you to do all right. Oh, should Can I ask you this next one? Oh. Okay, well, here's, okay. I've got one for you. Uh, <laughs> these are good. You guys submitted some great questions. This one says, what conscious efforts do you make to improve your marriage daily? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you, <laughs> I got you. Okay, so what do I do? Um, it's a really good question. I intentionally didn't let him give me these questions beforehand <laughs> so I could give you like genuine, authentic answers, but, um, Okay, so conscious efforts. Okay, 
for me, I really try to think about your needs when I get up in the morning. So something that I know personally that you like is that when you get up, you don't like stuff all over the floor. You don't, you know, you just want to get in, brush your teeth and get to the office. <laughs> like that's your goal. They're barriers. Yeah, they're barriers. All those little toys, <laughs> all those little things. Legos. Deadly booby trapped <laughs> yes. barriers. So, I mean, that's something that do I want to pick up things off the floor? No. Does he ask me to? No. But it's something that just to serve you, I will try to remove barriers, wipe off the sink, make sure everything's in there. It takes me like two seconds, but it's just a selfless way of, of serving you. Those are little things. On a spiritual level, I try to pray for you every day. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's short, even if I'm mad at you, you know, like really. Do you pray louder? Yeah, <laughs> I pray in a yelling way. No, but literally just like, Lord, just, help him today or whatever it is be with him today even if it's super short sometimes not even really spiritual that's something i try to do on an everyday basis and i try to get time alone with you <laughs> even if it's just for like a minute don't give me those eyes but i try to uh you know have that time alone and sometimes we don't have that time sometimes it is only three minutes or one minute and we just make the best so well, good night i love you give you a hug whatever sometimes it's just a text like, yeah. hey, I'm thinking about you today, or a funny joke. I try to be your friend. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do on an everyday basis. Yeah, you, she really does too. That's the <laughs> honest to be your to God, buddy. <laughs> that's the honest to God truth. <laughs> oh, well, here's a new definition of marriage for some of you. A marriage is two servants trying to outlove each other. And it sounds so corny or whatever, but here's the reality. It does sound corny. It's, and I, we it's. know it sounds corny, but like, are you trying to outserve each other? And we live in a world where really people want to be served. I mean, yeah. you go to the restaurant that serves you best. You don't go to the restaurant that makes you clean up. You want to go to the place that serves you best. And yeah. so when you bring that consumeristic mentality into marriage mm -hmm. and you never stop yeah. window shopping and you never flip into that servant thing. And mm -hmm. I think Julie's such a good example of that. Um, and we both are yeah. growing on that. I will say this, uh, something I learned, I, for those of you who don't know our story, Michael and I, we had a very toxic marriage. We were in marriage counseling for like a year. So we learned a lot. A lot of this is coming from a place of like, it's a deep well, you yeah. know, like we had a deep wound and we've done a lot of work to heal uh, through, you know, obviously Jesus and all that. And, but something that I learned, something that I remember our marriage counselor telling us or telling me specifically was like, stop being his mom. He does not want a mother. He wants a wife. He wants a friend that broke open our relationship because I was trying to control. Some of you might think like, Oh, they're, per they've always gotten along or he must be a good Christian. That was not always the case. I felt the need for a lot of times to control situations around you to help you do the right thing or make the right decision. And finally, I just had to stop and be like, I need to be his friend. And that was a breakthrough season in our marriage. Well, it's interesting how you say that because in John, it says that your friend, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so the, and God doesn't control us, but he empowers us so that we can make the right decisions. And what happened was I think that, yeah, there was a lot of control and I was making, I was incredibly selfish. I was incredibly arrogant. <laughs> And again, I thought yeah. I was right all the time. And we learned mm -hmm. it's not about being right, it's about being wide. Like for example, with those toys on the floor, whatever, there's
there's a perfectly justifiable reason. And Julie can say, I've got, I've had a hard day. You know, oftentimes couples, what they bring to us is their justification for their behavior based on their spouse's behavior mm -hmm. or based on the circumstances of their life. Yeah. And so it's about when you're trying to outserve each other, it really comes down to this question of, uh, do you want to be right or do you want to have a good relationship? That's true. And you know what? So many times it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it doesn't really matter at this point because you're in a cycle. Yeah. So somebody just has to break the madness. I love what Jimmy Evans says. He says, someone has to be the redeemer in the relationship. This can go in a friendship, in a work relationship, in a romantic relationship, in a marriage. Someone has to do the right thing first. That's what being a redeemer is. Jesus did the right thing first. And in a marriage, someone has to be willing to just do the right thing first. Be the friend first, even if they didn't earn it. Give the respect first. Clean up first. Whatever it is. And you do it unto the Lord. And then it doesn't become a scorecard. It's for Jesus. Man, yeah. we sat in marriage counseling at a stalemate. Yes. And I, I wanted to reserve <laughs> my right to be right. She wanted to reserve her right to be right. And then we learned this lesson about being the redeemer. You know, the disciples told Jesus like, hey, mm -hmm. how many times are we supposed to forgive these people? And he was like, forgive them a lot. And he's like, well, how much? Quantify it for me. And Jesus gave him a math equation that basically was so absurd that it was like, if they do you wrong hundreds of times in a day, just keep forgiving them every single time. Mm -hmm. And I think when we started bringing that mentality into our marriage, like I'm gonna be the redeemer. No, I'm gonna be the redeemer. And the argument became like, no, I'm gonna forgive you. I'm gonna forgive you. And our favorite new F word was forgive. I didn't know where you were going with that, but that's good. That's what the we need. New. And I think some of you, like, that's it. And I'm telling you, and you know, when you really get into the nuts and bolts of what it takes to have a healthy marriage, you'll realize that by God's grace, you're still single because there's a lot that goes into this. I think a lot of times, you know, speaking to the single people, there's three main reasons that you get married, okay? The, probably the biggest one is because you have needs that you want to be met. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you met sure. my needs, I met your needs. We have great conversations when we are in that dating mm -hmm. phase. Um, and that's one of the reasons. Number two is actually financial. Statistics have shown that married couples make more money and accumulate more money. One of the wealthiest institutions in the entire world is marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's a real phenomenon. And number three is sex. And getting married for sex and being ex sexually exclusive is the design of God. And so those three reasons to get married are three uh, of the reasons that we see in scripture great reasons but but ironically what will happen is those are the same three reasons why you'll get divorced yeah. and it's something that god needs to begin to prepare some of you for now in your singleness and then some of you who are are married or some of you who are dealing with the pain of divorce can look mm -hmm. back and say yeah. my needs just weren't being met uh you know financially we encountered yeah. so many problems and we we julie and i fought over money and you know you you kind of get into that space and it's like well what do you do yeah and god will i mean the enemy sorry the enemy will do whatever he can to drive wedges in between marriages and i remember reading a statistic in my college class that said um it, it said like 50 percent of couples would experience an infidelity i remember thinking 
hearing that statistic, there's no way that that's right. That's completely inflated. I know so many strong marriages around me and around my community. And it wasn't until I got older, until I experienced life, was married, met other couples, got in pastoring, and, and there were so many people who were dealing it. And now I'm like, man, that is right. That is a real statistic. And so the enemy will do whatever he can to drive wedges, whether it be emotional affairs or fantasies or the things that we've been talking about. And so I have a question for you kind of segueing mm. into that. What would you say to someone struggling uh, or someone who has a soul tie? Do they exist? We were talking last week about boundaries, about Potiphar's wife and how she just relentlessly pursued him. Um, what would you say about soul ties, wedges that try to get into marriages and yeah. committed relationships? You know, it's funny because I wish so often that that people could see in the spiritual realm as they're walking down the wedding aisle, how many people are walking with them because they never yeah. broke that relationship off emotionally. And so you may have heard this phrase, soul ties. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And you know, here's the thing. God has set all this up to work his way. When we violate his way, see Julie had said, Pastor Julie said that the devil will do anything he can to, to put a wedge after you get married. Mm -hmm. He'll also do everything he can to drive you close together in a premature way, sexually yeah. and emotionally, yes. before you have the covenant relationship of marriage that's strong enough for sex, strong enough for emotional intimacy. And so for those of you who struggle with people from your past, I want to point out, and you need to go back and listen to this entire series on yeah. podcasts, but last week's episode specifically talked about Joseph, who had Potiphar's wife, who was in the crop top with the spandex on, with the fitness account on Instagram. Yeah. Everyone wanted her. She would have been a celebrity. and She would have been sending like weird emojis to your She would have been yeah, making an account after you block her. She True. makes a new account. Mm -hmm. But what the Bible says is that Joseph didn't just reject her once. He rejected her repeatedly. And so when you talk about soul ties, well, it's, it's a lot about you. That's the spiritual way to communicate it. Here's the biological scientific way. Your body released endorphins, your body released uh, um, oxytocin and all these chemicals that hardwired your brain and your, the reward system of your brain. Every time you are intimate with that person outside of the bounds of marriage and so your brain wants to go back and get that experience over and over again. And so what happens is just like your body, your brain is what you repeatedly do. And so a lot of people want to say, well, I've got this. No, it's about what you repeatedly do. It's the habits that make the man. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to go back to that place to break that soul tie where you rewire your brain by changing your habits. And what that means is here's some practicals. I want you to block them on your phone. I want you to text your wife, make a reminder on your phone. I grab people's phones all the time in marriage counseling and say, hey Siri, remind me to pray for my wife every day at 7 a.m. Make a reminder and change that behavior until you repeatedly do the right thing because whatever you invest in, you will always reap a harvest. When I invested in alcohol, I reaped a harvest of devastation in my family. You know, when you invest in DMing and inappropriate relationships with another person, you're gonna reap a harvest of division in yeah. your marriage. And I will say, like, I, I understand the psychology behind doing something secret, doing something bad, wrong, inappropriate it it feels good there's it's proven that it excites things in your brain and in your body but it doesn't mean that it's right 
It doesn't mean that it's wise. It doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't glorify God. But when you begin to put that same energy into your marriage or into, uh, you know, working, if you're, if you're single and you want to work on yourself or whatever, if you're divorced, heal, spending that energy, healing those wounds from, from that hurt and that past thing, what's going to happen is what the enemy was trying to use to excite you and, and give you this exhilarating feeling. Now the Holy Spirit has room to heal, restore, and set totally free. That's so good. Now watch this. The Bible says that wherever your treasure is, let's replace treasure with investment. There your heart is also. But here's something I want to leave you with as we close. You never lose your first love. It just changes locations. So what do I mean by that? You get married, this is my first love, man, I, I've fallen for her. But then all of a sudden we go through the course of life and we have kids and Julie's first love changes locations. It becomes the kids, that's her love now. That's her first love. Mine becomes my career. It becomes the thing that I'm chasing after. For me, it was music and touring and all that. For some people, you know, they're married to their wife, but the church is their mistress and ministry. You know, you never lose your first love, it changes locations. And something that really convicted to me and it's in uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. It says, Write this to Ephesus, to the angel of the church, the one with seven stars in his, in his right fist grip, striding through the golden seven light circle, speaks. Now it says this, I see what you've done. See what you've done. Your hard, hard work and your refusal to quit. I know that you can't stomach evil and that you weed out these apostolic pretenders. I know your persistence and your courage in the cause that you never wear out, but, but you walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you know, do you have any idea how far you have fallen? You know, I, I was really convicted because a couple of months ago I was in the store and I was picking out a new cologne and I saw this old cologne that I used to wear called Aquadigio. And I said, you know, it's been a while. So I grabbed that Aquadigio <laughs> and I sprayed, I kind of spritzed it on myself while well, I came home. And when I came home, Julie went to give me a hug like she often does when I walk through the door and she smelled that Aquadigio. And I watched her face light up and she had this huge smile and she's like, oh man, you smell like we did when we first started dating. And you know, it was like this moment that, that we shared. And I, and, and so I didn't think much about it. Well, the other day I was praying, going back to the book of John, I said, Holy Spirit, you said that you'll make all things plain. Help me to be a better husband to Julie. And you know, the Holy Spirit took me back to that, that moment where she smelled that aquadigio. And he said, you know, son, she didn't get excited because of the scent of that aquadigio. It was actually that smell taking her back to the time when you actually gave her your best. And it's been a long time since you've given your best to her. And I was super convicted. He said it had nothing to do with Aquadigio. It had everything to do with her going back in her mind to the time when you gave her your best. Right now, there's an opportunity for you to experience God's best for you, but there's also an opportunity for you to give your, your best to God, to go back to that place. If you're with your spouse here in service, there's an opportunity, if you're listening to this right now, to give your best again. 
Well, I hope that that story that we just closed on really impacted your life. Maybe you're feeling convicted right now, like there's a change that you need to make. And I just encourage you that the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do just that. But listen, Blurred Lines has been incredible. Go back, listen to all the episodes, and I want you to get hype right now because actually next week we're debuting our new series entitled Instant. So no matter where you are in the process, if you're wondering, why am I not healed yet? Why am Am I not successful yet? Why am I not married yet? I'm just telling you right now, whet your appetite. Get ready. It's going down next week with the very first episode of Instant. We'll see you then.